button is hit you would be a reaper main (laughs) 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 let me tell you i actually switched over to reaper the audio uh, platform not the overwatch character Mm -hmm. uh because i made a mistake when i started recording uh my old podcast in that i got two two input focus right preamps that i had to link together to make like a single audio input and audacity immediately decided fuck that shit (laughs) (laughs) autumn is also deciding this because i don't fucking understand what you just said (laughs) so because i was recording with everyone locally and we were using uh xlr mics Mm -hmm. Uh, okay i only had boxes with two xlr inputs so i had to like use each of my usb ports to plug one in so i could get all four people recording okay and oh, then, so a nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare. I now have something that actually works for everyone <laughs> that has enough. It has enough holes. Um, <laughs> That's what you want. I, whenever I'm making a podcast, I really uh-huh. need to like take stock of the holes present and what I can do with them. It is the first rule of podcasts: is <laughs> yeah. check your holes. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, as we electrical engineers like to call it, uh, female inputs. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> i'm still laughing we got this headphone splitter last week and it said on the package male to two female and it's the funniest fucking thing i've ever seen <laughs> oh i have a male to six female headphone splitter i think <laughs> And I yeah. really think that that's the kind of ratio that we should be pursuing as a, as a culture. <laughs> we call that a, a polycule splitter. <laughs> oh. My subs have unionized. <laughs> My females have unionized. <laughs> oh. So hi, everybody. Welcome to Export uh, Audio Ep- episode 102 102 that was not the problem the problem was i was just stuttering i have one question that i don't remember the answer to okay quinn have you been on this podcast when we were here yes when we were here not the time that we weren't here no talking about kingdom hearts kingdom hearts yes 
Yes. The one that's the episode that you in the description you wrote some cat uwu speak bullshit. Uh, I feel like I do that <clears throat> at least once a year, so mm-hmm. I would have to go look at the episode description. The other thing is, sometimes I, at some point, I just stopped writing episode descriptions for the most part, so... Um, That's so true. You did do that. You did stop doing that, rather. Yeah. Uh, there are two I, kinds I of were, podcasters. The podcasters... on my episode descriptions. <laughs> they take at least 30 seconds. <laughs> um... I listen to some podcasts, like, I listen to Wait What, where where they have, like, a whole Tumblr blog post with, like, summarizing the episode and, like, extensive notes about, like, here's where we, like, from 2157 to, like, 3052, we talked about this issue of X-Men or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, God, I wish I cared enough to do that. Because <laughs> it is really cool, but I don't. Every week, I just make a description that's essentially, here's the slop. <laughs> Come get y'all juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go to ex- the export audio Pinecast page and look at some descriptions I've written. Um, so for episode 99, I've got like three sentences here. Um, episode 97, one sentence. Episode 96, two sentences. Um, yeah, I don't really write episode descriptions ever. <laughs> Look, once you hit a paragraph, I'm not reading that. I don't care. I did do a paragraph for Ars Arcanum because, like, our new Brandon Sanderson podcast might have, like, a larger audience than the the shitpost fair that we do. Um, We have our own brand of slop. (laughs) Brandon Sanders slop? (laughs) Such as Grand Blue Fantasy is a Russian psyop to give people armpit kinks. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I was talking about export, not Arcanum. Arcanum yeah. is a new, pristine brand of slop. We had to... We decided... Because we talked about cum on, for, like, ten minutes well, on How the long first... is that audio file? I cut it for you. Uh, let me look. We look talked... under the folder Fucky Wuckies. Yeah, okay. Ars Arcanum. Fucky Wuckies. Ars Arcanum 1 this. cumchat.mp3. Yeah, so we talked This is about the cum. most relatable shit I've ever heard, by the way. We've talked about we talked about cum for four minutes, <clears> and then a couple days later Nora was like, Hey, like teens read Brandon Sanderson books. Should we try to make the <laughs> should we try to make the podcast a bit more clean? And so we settled on we'll just put the cum talk in the Patreon feed and cut it from the main episode. I mean it's half cum talk, half sperm talk, because we also learn about sperm whales. Right. Right. Ah, uh. Right, so yeah, you just you put all the cum talk behind a paywall. Yeah, you that's, got- <laughs> that's what that other podcast is, right? Cum, cum talk, it's like car talk, but for uh huh. <laughs> that's a that's not a that yeah, click and clack, but it's for like, Benoit right? balls. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Quinn. By the way. <laughs> yeah, we. I started to say the name of the episode, and then you cut me off. <laughs> to ask. Okay. I'm Autumn. I'm joined by Nora. Allegedly. I'm joined by Ash. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and our guest is Quinn. Hi, everybody. I'm Quinn. <laughs> this is this is just the vibe. I don't know. Um. Uh. uh I had a segment uh, that I was gonna do. 
<laughs> yeah, um, you were going to read we... that list of Brandon Sanderson's favorite video games. Right, right. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, yes. okay. Yeah, like if we want to talk about Brandon Sanderson, let's talk about Brandon Sanderson. I can, I can okay. give a little context on my Brandon Sanderson history. You do that while I'm finding the list. It's in my email somewhere. Perfect. So emails. when I was at community college, uh, I was working at... Yeah, let's just say I was working at a department store because, you know, employers. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so I was working at a department store. I was doing a lot of truck shifts where I was just like unloading shit from the mm -hmm. back of the truck, cutting it open. Lots of uh, time to listen to shit. I wound up with an audible credit and I'm like, oh, f sure. This Mistborn thing sounds nice. Uh, and then I I rushed through all of the Mistborn audiobooks that I had access to that were published at the time, which was the main trilogy and then the first, uh, like, sequel book, The Alloy of Law, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. The first uh, of the Wax and Wayne series. Oh, God. He's so corny. <laughs> He's so fucking corny. Yeah, that's only corny because those are the names of the protagonists, um... Waxilium and Wayne. Just Wayne. He's so fucking corny. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I really enjoyed them, and then I just fell off because I uh, went into the workforce mm -hmm. after college, and then I went into graduate school for two years, and uh, I only have time to read. Uh, either absolute garbage that takes me like five minutes to read, mm -hmm. which is mostly mm -hmm. like weekly installments of comics. Uh, or the books that I have to read for graduate school. Um, mm, yeah. So, you know, like therapy shit. So I've fallen off of Brandon Sanderson stuff, but he's got like a, he's got a flavor to him for sure. He, he does. And um, I'm in so deep that I have, I subscribed to his newsletter maybe three months ago. I don't know. Um, and when I did, I just so happened to subscribe in time that I got his most recent newsletter at the time which includes his list of 10 favorite video games. Now, all of us have read the first Mistborn trilogy. Yes. Autumn has mm -hmm. not read Alloy of Law. No. Which I was going to, but then we started our Brandon Sanderson podcast, and I decided I will just read those when we get there. Fair. In four years. So, yeah. Um, you will not read the Matt Mercer cowboy book today. <laughs> he does oh, just look like Matt Mercer. God. <laughs> he oh. looks like so... If we want to talk about how people look before we get into this list, uh -huh. I also want yes. to say that I accidentally released uh, an unintentionally incredibly accurate and probably vicious dunk on Brandon Sanderson. I was talking with some friends the other day about the way that fantasy authors look. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and there's like there's a couple of subclasses of fantasy authors. Like there's the guy who always wears like a fedora or some kind of stupid hat. Is Jim um, Butcher one of yes, these? Yeah, Jim Butcher. I was, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> reaching for. I was reaching for Butler. I couldn't find Jim Butcher. Is right. that? I feel it's like, ooh, why are you wearing a crinkled leather hat, Jim? Um, the other like main subclass is your dad on a fishing safari. <laughs> okay, just wearing like a nylon fishing vest, some cargo shorts. Uh, like hair probably pulled back in a ponytail. And then I was trying to think about, wait, what are some fantasy authors I can think of that don't fit into this? Oh, I guess there's also your, um... There's Wizard. 
your mm-hmm. well, yes, exactly. Your Patrick Rothfuss and Alan Moore type, right? Like, mm. oh, they've become a wizard. Um, <laughs> they've become one with the book. Right. <laughs> Autumn has found because I pointed it out a Jim Butcher headshot that looks like the. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda lip bite thirst trap. Yeah, no, I was gonna post this as oh soon my as God. you were as soon Please. as I had a break or, here. Or wait, what is oh. the URL? <laughs> oh, Check no. that URL. Is this not Jim Butcher? Oh, it is. Okay. This is yeah. This is photo, photo by. by Dave Nelson. Okay, but this is Jim Butcher. This is Jim and Butcher. It, it in does a tank look top. like it looks like that Lin Manuel Miranda thirst trap. <laughs> oh my God! This is. It's- Except that it's like a full frontal, like stark lighting version. Like there's no filter, there's no approach. Also, it's halfway between lip bite and DreamWorks, uh, DreamWorks smirk. <laughs> yeah, yes. no, it's <laughs> so cursed. Holy shit! So, I guess when he's not wearing a weird leather hat, yeah, this is what Jim Butcher is doing. Some people turn into a wizard. I think half the time that's compensating for something. Yes, um, for sure. Alan Moore then, has a tiny penis. Right, no, it's 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 how much you write. Like George R. R. Martin and Patrick Rothfuss look more like wizards the less they write. That's the secret. That's the secret, right? <laughs> uh, the words are stored in the beard. <laughs> Robert Jordan sometimes looks like a college professor, but in half these photos, he does have the big hat that you're talking about. But also, he he kind of looks like a pilgrim. He does a little bit. He kind of looks like a New England pilgrim from like 400 years ago. (laughs) Oh, hello, pilgrim. (laughs) John Wayne tips hat. It's a snakeskin band on that hat. It is. Oh, my God. Holy Uh, shit. Because the... His author photo, he's got his, is from below, so you can't see the snake. You can't see the snakeskin band on it. I'm really glad I picked this one where you can because it's the same mm. hat. It is like in his author photo that he gets printed in books. <laughs> that the author photo is all band or all brim, no band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the fourth class of fantasy author is yes, just a Mormon ass Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where Brandon Sanderson lives. Like, Brandon Sanderson, uh, Orson Scott Card. And when I said that, I didn't know that Brandon Sanderson was actually a Mormon. Oh, my God! I just, like, I said, oh, this motherfucker looks like a Mormon. And I was right. Like, don't get me wrong. I I grew up in a community where there's a lot of Mormons. I've had some really, like, nothing against Mormons. But holy shit. I I oh. didn't know that Orson Scott Card was a Mormon. But oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I only knew that because it was like referenced offhand in something that Grace was mentioning offhand, right? Somewhere, and like through like third hand, I would like piece together context. I close. I opened a tab to look at what Orson Scott Card looked like, and then I closed it, and was immediately faced with Jim Butcher again, and it was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Is Card dead? No, he is unfortunately very much alive. Yeah, he's just basically fueled by hatred. Yeah. Orson Scott card games on motorcycles. (laughs) He's only 69 years old. Nice. What were you saying? I just... 
Orson Scott card games on motorcycles is maybe the worst thing <laughs> you've ever said on this podcast. I don't know that that's true. <clears throat> I thought that was a big butterfly on his shoulder, but it's his jacket held back over his shoulder. Oh. <clears throat> it sucks that Ender's Game is such a good book. No, um, it owns. I love reading things that are good. I I got super into the um the parallel series, the Ender's Shadow books. The bean ones? The bean ones, yeah. The bean books. The bean books. The what? The bean books. The bean books. What? The you bean, bean books. For- <laughs> <laughs> the books about remember- bean. <laughs> you remember Bean from Ender's Game? He, he was no. just a little guy? He was just a little guy. Oh, he was just a little yes. guy. He was Bean. <laughs> he was a little guy. So I have a weird thing where um, I listened I listened to the last, like, five hours of um ender's game while cramming for a final and so as we talk about ender's game i do just see in my head integrals and like uh, derivatives and like math shit (laughs) so that's a weird thing that i've discovered i I get that every time i drive to the part of town that my community college was in and i used to show up super early um because I lived like an hour away from the community college and I had to drive a, a long way anyway. I would show up and I'd like run around and then I'd clean myself off before class. Um, so mm-hmm. like the route that I would run on every time I'm in that part of town, I just like get phantom Mistborn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also get this when I'm playing um, Dark Souls a lot because I listen to a lot of books while I'm playing Dark Souls games. And so like I'll be in some area and I'll be like, oh, like this episode of Twilight Mirage is what I was listening to last time I was playing this area or whatever. I get that with Destiny 1 multiplayer maps and Counterweight and Destiny 2 multiplayer maps and Twilight Mirage. Mm. Um, I watched the Ender's Game movie with my aunt and my cousin, my second cousin, who from the age of like seven decided i'm going to be a marine mm-hmm. this is what my dad was i'm going to do it and as far as i know he i think he's a i think he's just graduated high school i think he's probably on his way to doing that it has been all his life his only goal was to be a marine and we went to see ender's game together he didn't really get it <laughs> at the time because <laughs> he was like what year was that movie? When was Ender's Ooh, Game? I was uh, working like in the movie theater when it came out. Ten, so maybe. I think twenty thirteen is so when he would have been like the movie he would have been like thirteen, right? Seeing it, and I don't, I don't think he cared much for it. Um, let's see. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Because this okay. is also, I was working in the theater when either the first or second Hobbit movie came out. The. Uh, Mockingjay Part 1, I believe. Um, right, they split that book in half because Harry Potter did it. I remember watching... I When That's I was working life. in the movie theater, I wa- went to watch Thor Dark World, and then I was like... at like So I worked like something like 5 to 11. Thor Dark World was premiering at 11.30, so I just went and watched the movie after it. And then I skipped I skipped school the next day because I was like, oh, I'm very sleepy after watching Thor The Dark World. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? I've heard most people get sleepy watching Thor The Dark World. My dad was more than a little upset. 
That's his default state, though. Yeah. Um, I remember because <clears throat> we had these cups with um, Ender's Game, like, stuff on it that people had to pay extra for, and we ended up just, like, giving away hundreds and hundreds of them because that movie bombed. I remember at a birthday party or something in my teen friend group, one guy who is the guy who wore a trilby and sunglasses and a black jacket everywhere. Of the course. fantasy author. <clears throat> <laughs> aspiring sci-fi author. Mm-hmm. Um, had loaned his copy of Ender's Game to my other friend, um, who is, uh, who'd read it and then was like returning it with a birthday gift at this party. And I mentioned that I hadn't read Ender's Game. And so Trillbeeman took the book from other friend and immediately just handed it to me and said, here, read it. <laughs> These are the also this friend group who was like, "What you haven't seen Patton? Oof. Patton? I don't even know what the Oof. fuck Patton is. Patton is a '70s film about uh, the the World War II general uh, Patton. Oof. Uh, All right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so they told me I had to watch Patton, and I watched Patton, and I was like, whatever. Yeah, it's a pretty whatever movie. I think it is, to me, it is only notable because Francis Ford Coppola, like, wrote it or something. That is the only thing that I care about in that movie. The only thing I cared about at the time was that it was the trope namer for a particular TV trope page. Oh. Oh, back in those halcyon days. (laughs) Yeah. I could load up the fucking TV trope page. No, sorry. It was Magnificent Bastard, is that right? You Magnificent Bastard, I read your book. Yes, yes. Yeah, so Magnificent Bastard is the trope name for character who is very smart and has lots of plans. Mm-hmm. Good Woof. trope. No, sorry, could... that's Xanatos from... Gargoyles. Gargoyles. Not Xanatos from Star Wars, who was Qui-Gon's first apprentice, who fell to the dark side after his dad died and then took his dad's ring... That was broken from, I think, a lightsaber. I think maybe Qui-Gon killed his dad. I don't remember. He put the ring to his face to put a broken ring, like, scar onto his face. Because he was evil. Because Qui-Gon failed him. See, I was thinking about this literally right before we started recording. Mm -hmm. And that's that the the true essence of Qui-Gon Jinn, the thing that makes him so good, is that he's a monumental, just an absolutely colossal fuck up oh for <laughs> sure for sure <laughs> he's he has, the jedi equivalent of the dude yeah he he has no idea <laughs> what, what the fuck the he's dude, doing what if the dude like <laughs> what if while abiding or, or or as a consequence of the dude abiding a planet was blown up <laughs> and slavery persisted mm-hmm. yeah and also the other slavery that Star Wars has. <laughs> the droid kind. Yep. Um, now you've just made me think of... Uh, what, what if a million voices cried out in terror? <laughs> you just put into my head the phrase, the grand dude of Sirkonos. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Who doesn't love a grand dude? <laughs> 
Duke Abel from Dishonored 2 sounds like a fake character. Like, it sounds like somebody doing a fake impression of a video game character, or maybe a professional wrestler. Mm. I'm Duke Luca Bell. <laughs> it's, it's been so many years since I played that game, I forgot that that's... Oh, you wanna... You wanna mess... With the island of it, the name of which I forgot. <laughs> We're down here in the, the south. Greatest gift of family, your true empress, Delilah Caldwin. Wait, she's not gonna fuck me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I should play Dishonored too. Mm-hmm. Dishonored One's a very good game. Dishonored One's a very good game. Yeah, yeah, I played Dishonored 1 recently. I also want to say, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't run the ship here. It's immaterial whether or not we actually talk about Brando's games. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to I it. I just want to say, if, we, if I could talk about Dishonored, but uh, yeah, I, I played Dishonored recently. Because uh, I had played Dishonored 2 when it came out, and I enjoyed it, but there's something with immersive sims. Maybe it's my mm-hmm. ADHD, maybe it's something else. Mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like needing to look around for something like, Oh, I need to find this one item or something. Sometimes it like, I feel physically like I'm like slowly spinning upside down. <laughs> um, <laughs> so those games can be a little bit rough, but then I really enjoyed dishonored too. And mm-hmm. then I think time doesn't mean anything anymore. No, it was either, not. it was either before or shortly before the quarantine. I wound up blasting through Dishonored, and then Death of the Outsider, and then Prey. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, these games are actually good. <laughs> yeah, And they're I... all cheap as hell right now. Yes. Um... If I remember correctly, part of that inspiration for playing Dishonored was my podcast. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> what podcast is that, Nora? I forgot the name of it. Are you sure? Journal Update. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, it's Journal Updated. Everyone listening probably knows what Journal Updated is. Yes, I was just. Teasing We're going to record the Dishonored Two episode tonight. Ooh. Um. Uh. 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 Then I get to start playing Mass Effect Three. Oh, I'm so Ooh. jealous. See, and there was Dragon Age news this week, so uh-huh. that's got all the the Mass Effect fans <sighs> up in arms. Since we're taking a break from Bioware after we finish, um all four Mass Effects this year. Uh, it will be probably 2022 before we try to play Dragon Age for the podcast, and that means that that fourth game might be out. Yeah, oh, there is a chance shit. that... Or yeah. we'll all be dead. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Released just an a, a opening weekend of three sales <laughs> because it's a $700 game that only runs on $6,000 consoles. Yeah. yeah, there's a chance that game is out and none of us own any hardware to play it on. <laughs> Oof. I, I have such a mixed like experience with Bioware because like, I played all the Dragon Age games. I played all the Mass Effect games, and, like, I enjoyed them, but most of that was before, like, I had more keenly come Mm -hmm. to articulate my own ideologies. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so then, like, you look back, and, like, certainly Mass Effect is a mess. 
Like all of all of Mass Effect is a mess. Um, everyone loves the genocide man. Everybody loves him. He sing a funny song. <laughs> He's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. Shut the fuck up. He's just a little guy. Gordon is not a little guy. He is. He's kind of a little guy. No, he's taller than you. (laughs) Solarians radiate little guy energy. They do. They they just ooze little guy stuff. I think that Solarians radiate written by Dan Harmon energy. Ooh. Listen to me, Shepard. (laughs) Fuck no, no. No, fuck you. I, I just, I just, I don't want them to nut anymore. What is happening? My name's Morden Sullis, and and I think it's important <laughs> that we curdle the Krogan's nuts. <laughs> I just want, I want them to be pushing out rotten milk, you guys. <laughs> I turned myself into a husk. <laughs> I need to die. <laughs> Did you just say I need to die? I'm gonna die. Curdled oh. <laughs> <Kernel> milk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna compose myself. It's just curdled milk, really. <laughs> the curdled milk is stored in the three balls. Yeah. Four. Four balls. Yeah, four balls, all curdled. Um, I haven't revisited Dragon Age, but I do remember Dragon Age 2. And, like, I enjoyed playing Dragon Age 2. But even then, I was like, I don't know about this metaphor, y'all. Like, yeah. What's the metaphor in Dragon Age 2? I don't know. Which one? The elves or the mages and templars? The mages and templars, but the elves are um, a mess as well. Hit, explain to me the mages and templars. Mages, they can use magic. But if they fuck up, a demon will possess them and bad things will happen. Templars, mm-hmm. super cops who kill the mages. Who is right? Yeah. Oh, I love Buffy the Vampire Slay season six. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Buffy the Vamp- <laughs> Vampire <laughs> Slay. <laughs> so The Templars if- force all of the mages to live in a big tower. And they're like, you can't leave here because if you do, you might become a demon. Also, where we they- can't see you. They, like, lobotomize them. Ooh, yeah. Fun. Have you, have uh, because you, all... you can't help being a wizard. You were born a mage, and it might mean that you are evil someday. So you have to uh, block off all of your ability to feel emotions so that you can't be like corrupted by demon spirits. Have either of you seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. No. Can I tell you briefly about season six of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? By all means, I'm not going to watch that shit. B- so I want you to bear in mind real quick that this is a... Uh, uh, got it. I'm imagining a bear. That <laughs> <laughs> this is written and directed by Joss Whedon. Yes. I know. That's why I'm um, not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good call. Good call. Um, so um, one of the characters in, I think, maybe season four or five um, is revealed to be a lesbian. Um, oh, yeah. Classic. And, uh, Willow, yeah. right? Willow. Yes. I could I could remember um, Willow's... The George Lucas movie? No. Yeah, uh, famous famous George Lucas movie Willow. Mm-hmm. Didn't George Lucas write? Yes, Willow. Yes, because I know that he, wasn't... he and Chris Claremont wrote that... the sequel book Dark Moon. Yes, 
I that we used, listened to that IDO TV. Yeah, I used to have a page of that book torn out with my dead name written on it in marker because <laughs> I won a Twitter contest from that podcast. Wow. Wow. Uh, also, <laughs> let's take a moment to give some respect to George Lucas for taking like a several year hiatus after the prequel trilogy and then mm-hmm. coming back with just a wild animated musical as his return to the screen. I remember, I remember him doing Red Tails. I don't remember. His, oh I shit! He did do Red his Tails. Musical. He did some fucking did. box trolls. I bullshit. do remember. His. It was what like some called? fairy musical. I don't remember. Right. It was like a small thing because he's always thinking about microscopic stories. Right. It's um, and like I think it was a jukebox it? musical too. George Lucas filmography. It's weird that we don't come here on every pe- episode of the podcast. Um, uh, scroll. Yeah, well, I'm just orienting myself on this page. The so, thing about fairies is they're small. <laughs> hey, Kermit. Yeah, uh, my name's... Uh, <laughs> I'm Kermit the Frog, director of uh, Star Wars. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Um, I believe this is producer. So he's a producer on Crystal Skull. He's a producer on Clone Wars. The movie, not the TV show. Um... He's a producer on the Nino Folk course for filmmakers and actors, uh, direct-to-video documentary film. He is the <clears throat> producer and uncredited director of reshoots on Red Tails. And then um, he is the producer and wrote the story for Strange Magic. Strange you... Magic. But if you look at this page, it shows that uh, he's only directed... Th- Six movies in his yes. life, yes. fully directed, um, four of which were Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did three starting out and then immediately switched to being executive pre- producer on a bunch of other shit. And then eventually he came back to direct the prequels. I mean, to, to, to hear people talk about... Um... To hear people talk about George Lucas, he is a pretty talented producer. Like, oh, yeah. He is a pretty talented... like. I'm going to, like, set the schedule. I'm going to get people where they need to be. I'm going to be kind of a consultant, but I'm not going to be the guy. Like, um, Sure. Those are all skills that people don't think about in auteur theory. Right. Right. Like, he seems, by all accounts, to be, like, a disciplined craftsman when it comes to making mm-hmm. shit happen. I forgot... That he was a producer on Labyrinth, but I do oh, remember yeah. that he was a producer on uh, from the, the same duck? film from the same year, Howard the Duck. <laughs> there's, t- there's duck tits in that movie. There's duck tits in that movie. There's duck tits in that movie. <laughs> uh, so the Lambert- mages and the Templars, yeah. <laughs> oh um, right, I was gonna I was gonna briefly explain the plot of season season six of Buffy. Yes, or we the- could talk about the Templars, which well, is just that. Yeah, let's hear about this. Um, so, season four, Willow uh, becomes a lesbian, um, and they they write the werewolf out of the show. He leaves. Seth Green leaves. Um, and in season six, um, lesbianism becomes a metaphor for. Well, no. Before this, lesbianism becomes a metaphor for doing actual literal witch magic. But in season six, Willow becomes addicted to um, magic. Um, and starts using it, in, and it is a metaphor for heroin addiction, specifically, it feels like. And 
because she's having too much lesbian sex and she's alienating all her friends. <laughs> um, and uh, she starts to become too powerful and every everyone's scared of her. Um, and then her girlfriend is killed because some, like, Gamergate nerds, like, show up at her house and just start firing a gun randomly. What? And kill her girlfriend. <laughs> and she goes on, like, a rampage and starts tearing up the town, but is saved when, um, her, her best friend nerd guy, Xander, um, is like, Willow, you can be straight again. <laughs> When, when you get addicted to lesbian sex, that's called Pringles pussy because once you pop, you just can't stop. Just can't stop. I. How many music videos do you think were made around the countless the season around that season that were set to Toxic by Britney Spears? Countless. Not enough. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look up. YouTube.com slash toxic. Do we want do we want Buffy AMVs or toxic AMVs? Toxic AMVs. Toxic AMV. I'll try I'll try Buffy first and we'll see where we get. Spike and Buffy, Toxic, Buffy and Spike. Um uh, Castlevania. Oh, Castlevania. Uh there's a lot of Buffy and Angel and Buffy and Spike, less so for Willow. I guess that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of like toxic in that show yes yes uh, um but as you describe the lesbian sex is witchcraft and heroin i'm just like that mm-hmm. sounds like toxic by britney spears to me the f- yes the first result when you type in toxic amv is an amv that lists awards Hmm. i think this person did an animation uh here oh. we got i think this is black butler a black butler toxic amv um, I always get Black Butler and Bible Black mixed up. Don't mix those up. No, got, you're uh, gonna be uh, surprised or disappointed in one way or the other when you go looking. Yeah. <laughs> We've got, and I think this is important to to say here. Uh, not my Hero Academia, but Boku no Hero Academy Academia Toxic AMV. Is Shit. that not what it's called, Boku no Hero Academia? I just think it's funny that someone calls it Boku no Hero instead it, of it's funny just the English name. Got a Hisoka one. Um, oh wow that's fair that's a little problematic yeah <laughs> we've got a nami one um from one piece yeah spongebob you got a spongebob oh yeah toxic as hell uh, oh SpongeBob. no this is different this is oh no th- we're at, we're out of research results already yeah we're just into or wait no that and now we're back to search results we got a volleyball YouTube's anime busted oh that's probably haikyuu haikyuu is incredible yeah, um, um, shout out! I watch Haikyuu? I've never seen any sports anime. Yes, you absolutely should. I had never seen a sports anime before. I thought it was going to be stupid. I thought it was going to be bad. I thought to myself, volleyball sucks. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always a fun... Genuinely one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like, one of the best anime I've ever watched. Okay. When somebody posts a lot about my boys or my sons, I always, like flip a coin in my head of is this about k-pop or a sports anime mm-hmm. <laughs> like are you watching free or are you listening to bts like what's what's version of this are we doing here no I feel like yeah <laughs> yeah it changes every couple years because a cup for a while people were talking about yuri on ice when they said my boys mm-hmm. and then they were talking about free um uh, i don't and know free what free the... was before yuri on ice yeah it yeah was. 
Yeah, no, you're definitely right. I don't know what the current My Boys one is. Is it back to Kuroko no Basuke? Oh, is it Haikyuu? It's Haikyuu again. I've I've heard, like, I've seen, like, six people on Twitter talk about Haikyuu in the last two uh, days. Okay. Yeah, Haikyuu's going again. I'm going to download Haikyuu while we're talking. It's Um, it's really good. Um, Again, as someone who, like, doesn't care for sports. No, why would you do that? That would be silly. Um, Piracy is sexy, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I love to steal things from online. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um... It's really only theft because I didn't pay for it, not because I'm depriving anyone of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, side note about Yuri on Ice. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, for a while, because everyone was talking about how gay it is, and it's like, it's kind of gay. Like it, It's not as gay as people talked about it like it was, which is always the case when people are talking about gay shit in anime. Yeah, um, I thought I thought Promare was like canonically homosexual, and so when I watched that movie and nothing happens, I was pretty upset. I, I still I haven't seen it, because, that... yeah, I, I, I found out, like, oh, nothing happens. I'm like, oh, all right, well, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Porn's good, though. <laughs> um... <laughs> But people were shortening Yuri on Ice to Yoi. Um, like Y-O-I. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend ages ago who had never spoken the word Yaoi out loud. Oh, no. And she thought that it was pronounced Yoi. And, uh-huh. and so every time I saw... People talking about Yuri on Ice shortened it down to Yoi. I was just like, "This, this is like that. This is like my friend who somehow <laughs> didn't know how to pronounce Yaoi." More like Yaoi on Ice. Well, yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh. People sure did make that joke all the time in 2016. It's still a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> God, was it 2016? Yeah, it, I would have. I would have guessed. It was like, late 2016 because I was going through some things mm-hmm. when I was watching Ice the first time. Mm-hmm. Then I rewatched it a year, a year ago, like six episodes, and I was like, "Hmm." I watched episodes five and six with you because you were doing it on that podcast. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Yeah. Once you get past the first two episodes, which and are incredibly fanphobic, really... uh huh. Mm-hmm. 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 After mm-hmm. that, it's fine. You mm-hmm. put on ten pounds, Yuri. You're a horrible slop pig. <laughs> <sighs> it was but horrible. As long as you're, a, as long as you become a twink, then all your dreams can come true. Right. The anime story. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, watch Haikyuu. Uh, it's good. Okay. It's not gay, but it's good. Yeah. Things don't have to be gay to be good. It just helps. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're talking about Templars. I don't know if we need to yes. even go back there. <laughs> no, let's, let's, please. So yeah. yeah. Explain to me Dragon Age 2. So yeah, they keep them all in a tower. Um, mm-hmm. but there's been some mages who like, come from neighboring areas who are practicing magic uh, and it turns out everyone's like scared in Dragon Age of blood magic because it's like using your blood for magic it makes you extra like open to demons or whatever mm-hmm. and then, oh metaphors right yeah <laughs> and then every single time you run into a fucking mage in a quest in Dragon Age 2 
it is a blood mage who is on the verge of exploding into a demon. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so people mm-hmm. are like, no, you could simply use blood magic responsibly. It's possible. <laughs> and then every single blood mage you meet is like, I'm about to go sicko mode. <laughs> <laughs> and so then at the end, they're like, yes, who is right? The Templars or the mages? And it's but- like, this isn't like the the way that you want to evoke the imagery and the morality of what you're using, like, a a responsible person, like, or, like, an upright person should be saying mages because, like, Mm -hmm. fuck the cops. Yeah. Um, But at the same time... It it also gets turned into, like, an X-Men metaphor because these mages are born mages. Mm -hmm. Right. And they are, like, persecuted for who they are, who they really are. And then and who they really are is potential conduits for demonic power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it they make the whole thing like really fucking messy and not in a good way. It's like, oh, this is interesting stuff that you have going on, which is a lot of the Dragon Age stuff. It's like, oh, this is like some interesting stuff. Like the world building's kind of going somewhere interesting, but then they they execute it in a way that just makes you go like, what? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Like the elves, the other, uh, like the elves, the other big problematic thing in mm-hmm. Dragon Age, mm-hmm. because there's two kinds of elves that they talk about. There are city elves, and there are the Dalish, the elves from the Dales, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the city elves live in the cities in big slums that are called alienages. Because people don't like or trust the elves, because they used to rule the world, basically. Um, okay. So they lock them up in these giant <laughs> slums, and they treat them like shit. Mm-hmm. And then the Dalish elves are very much designed to, like, cue off of native tropes. They are, okay. like, heavily tattooed. Um, they're, like, they're nomadic. Um, like, they have, like, a a very closed culture, um, and boy, okay. wouldn't you know it, a bunch of them love to consort with demons. Okay. And then in, in Dragon Age 3, they make it even worse. Okay. Uh, cause Solus, the, the elf guy who's running around with you, I guess spoilers mm. for Dragon Age Inquisition, it, if anyone... It's cares about that six years later? Um, so, it turns out that Solus, this elf guy who's been running around with you, just being a complete fucking tuna can. He's um, one of your party members. He's one of your party members, and he's just You can fuck him. You can fuck him. Well, and it's it's actually in the I fucked Solus storyline that things get really bad with the elf stuff. So, he'll only romance an elf. Uh, and the elf that you can play uh, in... Uh, and only a, uh, and he's also straight. He's straight. Yes, yeah, so he'll only fuck an elf woman. Um, Me too, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, you know, okay, sure. Let's say that happens. Uh, the only kind of elf you can play in Inquisition is a Dalish elf, um, and so you get like these. You have tattoos on your face, and the romance ends 
with Solus being like, I could remove those tattoos for you. And you're like, what? Why? That's my culture. And he's like, you idiot. You fucking baby. You imbecile. Those are slave marks. From when elves were enslaved by other elves. You stupid. You idiot. And then it turns out he's like Loki. He's like, ha ha, I'm, I'm the dread wolf. The trickster god. But also, big elf man. <laughs> he's very tall, and his arms stick to his side in a weird way that doesn't look right. It's it's weird, but like the whole elf metaphor goes off the fucking rails. Uh, Shoutouts to Dia Lucina, who wrote a really, really, really good piece about the uh, alienage elf opening of Dragon Age Origins, which just immediately goes off the rails with its metaphor in, in a really horrific way, in the way that it treats, like, nativity uh indigeneity perhaps would be a better i'm I'm really really looking forward to playing dragon age in two years i just you know it's gonna be such a good time it's it's weird because it floats between these really interesting ideas Uh uh and then just completely shitting itself which is the the bioware formula really i um I started playing Witcher 1 earlier this year, which is a great game, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think. Um, and, and part of the reason that it's great is that, one, um, it has these moral dilemmas. I don't think it is aspiring to to sound that deep about it. I think it is just putting those in there because I, I think it thinks that those are neat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily trying to be, like, didactic. Yeah, like, and also, even if it is trying to be didactic, it's funny as hell, because, like, the first big moral choice you make is that there is there is a witch in the town who has been, like, falsely accused of uh, bringing, like, like, monsters to town, basically, when the real reason there are monsters in town is that everybody is behaving sinfully, and the Ooh. monsters are attracted to sin, <laughs> and so you you kind of like go do all the side quests you uncover all the information and then you go to the witch's like cave hideout and you're like abigail i've been attracted to you from the start and then you fuck you get a sex card and then you walk out of the cave and there's a mob there and you can decide to either kill her or you can decide to either side with the mob or side with her and kill the mayor. You're kidding me. Like, it's so good. I, and he's, I know about the sex cards in The Witcher where it's incre- like it seems all too easy for Geralt to be walking around. And then someone's like, I've dropped a basket of apples. And Geralt's like, well, I could. Fill your basket well, with apples. It's both, <laughs> it's both all too easy because, like, um, like also you in the can't keep saying well, all too easy because that's what Darth Vader <laughs> says when Luke falls into the carbonation pit, and then before jumping out, he says all too easy, and then flips the switch. So that's all I can hear when you're saying this. <laughs> you both said it. So uh, I would rather. Then all too easy. Let's say it is ambiguously signposted. Yes, because you will walk up to a woman and she will 
So everybody you can click on, but there's no indication. Some people have blue names and some people have green names. And there's no indication as to what any of this means because sometimes you click on someone with a blue name and they just say, Oi, witcha. And sometimes you click on them and it initiates a cutscene. Mm-hmm. Same thing with green names. There's no rhyme or reason to why people are colored in the way that they are. Right. Um, Nora, don't. I didn't. I said that. It came out weird. We're all moving on. <laughs> um. So, so sometimes you will see a woman and you'll click on her and she'll be like, Oh, hello, witcha. I love daffodils. And then you'll be like, okay, if I bring this woman some daffodils, she'll fuck me. And then you spend 45 minutes not knowing where the fuck daffodils are. (laughs) And finding out that your daffodil harvesting skill isn't high enough so that they're not populating on the map so that you don't know where the daffodils Mm. are. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So I don't want to 100% The Witcher 1, but I am bummed because I did miss one sex card in the first area because I didn't realize that... I didn't. I also did not realize during Area 1 that after I made the decision to um, uh, to, fuck Abig- to fuck Abigail and then kill the angry mob, um, that I would then progress into Area 2 and there would be no backtracking. So I have missed a sex card, which is a real bummer for me because I did want to 100% of the sex scenes in that game because they're all... Hilarious. <laughs> Just right there in the floor of the swamp cave. Right there in the floor of the swamp cave. Um, there's another um, that I haven't gotten to yet that I was about to do the last time I played it. Um, where uh, you fuck this lady and her grandma's downstairs. And so it like you start the cutscene and then it cuts to the grandma like tidying something up downstairs. And she just hears, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Geralt! <laughs> Wolf. <sighs> that is his name, Wolf. <laughs> Ew. Fuck up. Anyway. How much. I wonder how much sex he has in those books. Because it definitely seems like one of the identifying features of both the, the television show and the games. I wonder how much it is in the books. Because it's got to be a lot, right? <laughs> I would imagine, but I, I don't know. It would be hilarious Maybe. if the books were incredibly chaste. That would be great. You know what else? What books are incredibly chaste? With, uh, Brandon Sanderson Brandon books. Sanderson. Do you want me to read this list of, yes. of Brandon Sanderson games? Um. Okay, I will read this because you've only seen the, you've only seen the first game on the list, right? I haven't read you the list I don't either. Know. I don't think I've read you the list. Do Do you want me to guess? Yeah, hit me with some guesses about what you think Brandon Sanderson's 10 favorite games are. I'm going to clarify something mm. before you guess. Okay. Uh, I'll read from what Sanderson says here. Um, Since picking favorites is generally tough, I decided to weight the list toward a few factors. First, if the game is part of a series, I decided I should put the whole series to include it here and then shout out my personal favorite game from each. Mm-hmm. So, like... um. Some entries on this list will be whole series. Right. You will not be surprised to learn that Final Fantasy is a series that shows up here. And ten is his favorite. And, yeah, he has talked in several interviews about Final Fantasy X being a game that he really likes. So, like, ten is on this list, you know. I mean, who doesn't? It's a good game. It's got a good sequel. That boy's not real. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say that there's... um... 
he seems like the kind of guy who would like Planescape Torment or like have a respect for it in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the Bioware game you're going with? Is that the like CRPG that you're going with? If it's not that, it's just Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'd be Which one of those two. Could also be Legacy of Cain. Legacy of Cain is not a CRPG. Mm. Well, ooh. The first one is. Actually, I think is it's... It? I, I don't know Legacy of Cain that well, but I think that if he's going to go for a Baldur's Gate game, it'll be Baldur's Gate 2, because that's the one everyone likes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we got Baldur's Gate 2. I'm typing in Legacy of somebody Cain. Somebody hasn't listened to my podcast. No. What podcast? Which podcast do you talk about Cain on? Import Audio. Okay, well, I'm behind on Legacy of Cain. The Kane. first one is like a top-down RPG. Okay. Hmm. Yes, I do remember Blood this. Omen. Blood Omen. Yes, Blood I... Omen. Blood Omen. Blood Omen. Uh, anyway. My favorite Mega Man villain. Blood Omen. <laughs> Josh McWhalen. Um, anyway. I... Part of this is just like kind of... What are some of the easy grabs? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Bioshock is on there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Any guesses to which Bioshock game? Well, he penned this one. recently. Probably one. I think that nobody liked two until it started undergoing a critical reevaluation in the last, like, two or three years, but I don't think that... I'm one of those people. I played uh, Bioshock 2, like, four years ago, and it's the best one, uh, particularly the DLC, Minerva's Den, but the main game is great, too. Uh, it helps that Ken Levine is not involved in that game, really. <laughs> right. And then uh, I feel like Infinite was like briefly treasured and then kind of quickly slid yeah. down in its critical reception. I feel like one is kind of the safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One is like the one that nobody really talks about it very critically, I feel like. It has sort of become enshrined in public uh perception yeah to an extent where it's like a classic yes um and i don't think very many people are reevaluating it yeah i think people have their reads from 2007 and 8 and just have kind of like revisited it but not thought about it that much or have inherited it as a context in the medium Mm -hmm. that's fair and have not actually done an evaluation of their own right like i haven't played pong but i you know it has a place in the medium mm-hmm. as my perception of the medium. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, how are we feeling about, like, Deus Ex? Oh. Okay. I, should, I should note that I read this list maybe six weeks ago at this point, and so I vaguely recall things, so I'm not going to be guessing, but I also am like, I don't... Uh, is Baldur's Gate in there? I don't remember. I'm know. going to say that either Deus Ex, Thief, or Dishonored will be on here, and then I'm going to stop guessing. Okay, you're running out of you're running out of guesses. Anything else for you, Quinn? Um, I want to throw out something that's like because I feel like a lot of this has been in sort of the RPG space. I just want to mm-hmm. give a shout out to like Age of Empires two or Crusader Kings. Oh, mm. good, good, yeah. I think Age of Empires 2 is a really good... Um, that makes sense. He, he also notes here, uh, the gamer franchise should be one I've gone back to multiple times throughout my life, rather than being just something I loved when I was young. Nostalgia will play a part in the list, but I want it to be more than just Teenage Brandon's Greatest Hits. So I feel like Age of Empires 2 is a great pull there, because Age of Empires 2 is the sort of game that I can imagine him just booting up every year. 
for like the, a couple hours. The only other thing I have to say is that Katamari Damacy or Okami might be here. Oh, is he you, that kind of guy? Is he that kind of guy? You saw me scroll past Katamari Damacy. I didn't. You saw it's the I first didn't. game on the list. You saw me. Scroll. I didn't see that. <laughs> you I did. I specifically okay. wasn't looking at your screen. Okay. 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 Well, well number ten is Katamari Damacy. <laughs> hey, that game fucking goes. That game. You know what's goes. a fucking great game? Katamari Damacy. Um, it just it knocks it out. Number nine is Undertale. What? <laughs> I, I forgot about Undertale being on this list. Wow, okay, I still haven't played Undertale in part because of the the space that it occupies in pop culture. It's like yes. I feel like I missed the moment on Undertale so fundamentally so, mm-hmm. that I can't play it at this point. Here's my thing with Undertale is that when Undertale came out was the peak of my like listening to video games podcasts every week and all that. Mm. And so I heard about Undertale like the week that it came out and I was like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. I will check that out. And then three weeks later, it became Undertale, the cultural phenomenon, and I still hadn't played it. And then my partner at the time played it. And was like, this is the best game I've ever played. This is the best game I ever will play. Video games will never do better than Undertale. And so I played it, and I was like, oh, this is really neat. Uh, I think all the hype uh, has killed it for me, because I think it's just pretty neat. You know? I don't think it's much more than that. Um, So I definitely understand, like, feeling like Undertale is, like, dead to you, because you didn't play it in the first, like two weeks before like it would just be totally poisoned by um the culture <laughs> and like i i keep trying to find like when is it that I can come back but then like undertale discourse or like undertale shit comes yeah. up just often enough mm-hmm. or like i'll open up youtube and there's like a recommended video about undertale and i'm like it's not the time yet i can't do this like i need to separate yeah. myself not only from what people believe the game to be but my reaction and my skepticism about people's reaction to the game in that yeah. way, like, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I can put like the right level. And I mean, I guess I'm skeptical of like the use of this, um, this phrasing. But it's the best thing that comes to mind right now, like the critical distance that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I'm just not in the right headspace. Rather, because um, I think right. critical distance is kind of a weird, maybe bad concept, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the way people use it. But I don't think that I'm in the the best place to receive Undertale most of the time Nora and I are also big fans of Toby Fox's follow-up Deltarune but Deltarune was a game that both of us played the day that it came out and had a really great discussion about and then like has at least faded from our conversations I don't know how much you're thinking about Deltarune Nora but like I think about Deltarune and I am fond of it. It's not like I'm bringing it up in conversation. I don't all think the time. about Deltarune very often, other than the other day I thought if you open the dictionary to the word dyke, that angry dinosaur from Deltarune is the only entry. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the essence of that word to me. Wow. <laughs> See, that, and I that saw Deltarune, angry dinosaur girl, and I'm like, oh yeah, that looks that looks pretty cool. Like that, that I can dig that. I appreciate Toby Fox in general. You know, I. Mm. I read Homestuck up to the mega pause and then never went mm-hmm. back to it because it took a million years to release the end Probably of the Probably valid. Um, but yeah, like, then it's like, oh, a Deltarune's out, but I haven't played Undertale. And it's like, 
Yeah. It feels like it's in it, conversation with Undertale. It very much is. I think you could play Deltarune without playing Undertale, but I think you would get like about half as much out of uh, it. I think I think you can play it just fine without playing Undertale just from the cultural osmosis of Undertale. Yeah. I don't think there there's anything directly from Undertale in that game. That's honestly yeah, like, fair cuz I like I I know through cultural osmosis a bunch of like the broad strokes of Undertale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's all it really asks of you is to know, like, oh, you, like, in Undertale, you befriend monsters instead of hitting them or whatever. That's you know? that's basically the only thing <laughs> carrying well, over that I can remember from Undertale into Deltarune is this is an RPG where instead of fighting, you do fun little mechanics and minigames to befriend monsters. Right. Aside from, like, oh, here's a character from undertale but it's not actually them it's just their sprite because mm-hmm. it's a different character which is just meaningless mm-hmm. even if you have played undertale okay uh, i'm also oh, go oh, ahead you go. you go i just wanted to put a pin in something because i this conversation has evoked in me the memory of a really really cursed video essay i watched recently oh no was it ruby is disappointing and here's why by <laughs> h bomber guy I I did watch that one. I don't have enough like engagement with Ruby to be able to speak on it. I'm like I watched I 15 minutes of it and was so furious that I had to stop. <laughs> There's a lot going on in that one. Um, it was a it was a video about immersion in video games. Um, bad concept, fake concept, bad fake concept. Everything about it was really really bad. Um. Like, the way that they described immersion was just, like, not consistent or what that word means, even though it's a bad fake concept. And then mm-hmm. they spent a bunch of time talking about how good Death Stranding is. Weird. Um, <laughs> Weird choice. I, I have not watched it. I have not played Death Stranding. I watched Nora play some of it. And the thing that was interesting to me about Death Stranding was how video gamey it is. It's incredibly how- video gamey. And how it is constantly reminding you through, like, the UI and such that it is a video game. <laughs> yes. Like, that, isn't that Kojima's whole thing is, like, uh-huh. this medium should express its medium-ness and its video game-ness and, like, yeah. the interactivity parts are what make it a video game, despite also doing a bunch of movie shit badly? So much yeah. movie shit badly. Uh, that fucking he used back to be and better forth, at it is the fucking sad part. That fucking single shot, shot reverse shot, <sighs> shot. It's uh, so good. From Phantom Pain, uh, it's just incredible. It's really good. But the thing that got me the most about this video essay, because they mm-hmm. also talked about Undertale at a later point, like they brought up Undertale. But when they were talking about Death Stranding, they say that one of the things they really liked about it is how. The game talked about, like, the likes. Like, the likes in the game. And they weren't, like, this incredibly inauthentic, like, um, what if phones but bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know that that's true. There's some ways in which it is true. But they just said, like, it doesn't do that at all. It's completely fine. And then they have this long thing about alienation. Like, they talk about Death Stranding and alienation. And one of the ways that they talk about that is when you encounter the mules, you know, the the postal carriers who yeah. have gone hungry <laughs> for for your packages. 
and just <laughs> yes. try to they try to steal your packages and they talk about this and never once do they talk about how the entire narrative framing of mules is that they were on their phones too much and they got too many likes <laughs> and they became dependent on the likes uh, and then the phones were so bad that now they just crave the the likes and so they'll steal from you and they their jobs were automated and they didn't know how to exist without labor so they have become people who recreate their old labor through violence mm-hmm. because they can't conceive of a world where they aren't working right i take it that this uh that this person never brought up marx's theory of labor alienation uh it's not a they did say in that video essay though that Dungeons and Dragons is going to bring about a communist revolution. Oh, cool. Did they say that sneeringly? <laughs> no, they said it or sincerely. Thanks, wizards. <laughs> Every day I wake up and I thank God for Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> thank you, Wizards of the Coast, for inventing Griffin McElroy, who invented trans representation. Uh-huh. Who invented Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm perhaps most internet famous for a Dungeons and Dragons take, so... That's true. (laughs) I just remember um, in Barnes & Noble, an end cap said, like Adventure Zone? And then it was like the 5e rule book. And the monster manual. Oh Oh my god. God. It's not even the... The fucked up thing is it's not even the best game to be the Adventure Zone in. (laughs) (laughs) That's all the that's all the Dungeons and Dragons stock I have in me probably. Okay, uh, given before we move on from else, Undertale, yes. I will br- also briefly note that game Moon came out mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, right. Well, it got that so it got a new translation that came out this week. Uh, oh, an official an official translation. translation by everyone's favorite big money Patreon boy Rim Todgers. Oh, for real? Yeah. Are you fucking with me? No, I'm not Are fucking with you. Are you for real? That was Rim. Oh, my God. He's it's... been to Japan, you know. Mm. <laughs> oh, really? Did you know he speaks Japanese? Yeah, he might have lived there no, for a little while. <laughs> did you know that he learned okay. Japanese by playing the Dragon Quest games on an NES in a small Japanese oh, apartment? Oh, I didn't know that. Can I watch any of his videos that will explain that to me? Uh, how much time yeah, do you have? Yeah, how much time do you have? <laughs> like, um, I, I'll say this. I genuinely enjoyed a lot of the stuff that he put out, and then at some point it just took a hard turn, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is, oof, yikes, Rim. When he when he first got to Kotaku, there was, like, some fun videos of his I watched, and then I, like, kind of stopped paying attention to him for a little bit, and then I was like, oh, I kind of want to play Dragon Quest Eleven. I'm going to watch this Kotaku video review, because I want to know the differences with the Switch version. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> it's an hour and a half long, and the first image is your resume? <laughs> yes, yes. That <laughs> you put in, like, four other videos that I watched? <laughs> that, that became his opener. That just, here's my resume. But yeah, that moon game looks pretty yes, good. Yes, it does. Um, and it does look just like someone made Undertale 23 years ago, and games culture forgot. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, um, I'm super excited about it. I just, I just had to bring in the rim facts. 
Okay, I really appreciate you, because I didn't know that, and that has really just lifted my day. I always want to know the rim facts, so thank you <laughs> for doing your rim job on this podcast. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson's eighth favorite God, video game, course. Fallout New Vegas. Everybody, I don't know what you expected. Everybody loves Fallout New <laughs> Vegas, and somehow it completely slipped my mind, despite the fact that I watched too much Future yesterday. I... Uh... Have played maybe five minutes of Fallout New Vegas. Then I decided I'd save it because we're probably going to play it for journal updated at some point, but um, not in 2021. That's for sure. I've told this before. I played so I played like 200 hours of Fallout Three. So that by the time New Vegas was out, I was like, I think I'm good. And then like while I wasn't paying attention, it became everybody's favorite video game ever. I played it a little bit right after finishing Outer Worlds for the first time last year, and Oof. I was like, ooh. World too big, run too slow. No, thank you. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I played it a lot around the time that it came out, um, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. But I was like a teenager, um, and people talk about it in some ways that I'm like, I don't know that it's that I don't trust Chris <laughs> Avalon to do shit. <laughs> um, no, no. Do you want to read this oh little God. note from Brandon? Shut the fu- Do you want to? First, I want to read two things from here. First, he opens with, I've played all of the core Fallout games, and I was one of the, it seems few, who was really excited when it moved from turn-based tactics to first-person shooter. Later on, it says, as a note, I own the Outer Worlds, and I'm looking forward to digging into it. Consider this item on the list a recommendation of other Obsidian games, like Knights of the Old Republic 2, regardless of genre, as I've found them universally to be superior to their contemporaries. Like, Brandon would love Kraya. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare. What a nightmare. Like, the Speak Pillars of Eternity games angels. I enjoyed. I, I like those games quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I loaded up Fallout and punched a rat a couple months ago. Yeah, sure. Like, but I don't. I don't think that Obsidian is as, like,. They're not the brain geniuses everyone makes them out to be. Not oh, even a little does, bit. I've I've gone I've talked at great length about Outer Worlds, both audi- auditorially and literarily mm-hmm. uh, about how that game is bad. I means I did a podcast and I wrote an article. Don't yes. give me that fucking weird look. I knew what you were trying to say. I wish Brandon had put Alpha Protocol on his list <laughs> instead. <laughs> it's Bioware. Oh, I thought no, no it's Obsidian not. is Alpha Protocol. No, is it? Oh, we're googling it. Alpha Protocol. Uh, Obsidian. Obsidian designer. Chris designer Avalon. Chris Avalon. Publisher Sega. I thought that's how it went. Well, that's going on the journal updated list. Shall I move on to number seven? Yeah. Okay. Super Mario World. Okay. Yeah. Now, is this an entry for the Super Mario World series? Uh, is, are we going to get Super Mario Land later? Um, yeah, Super Mario Bros. is going to be a separate entry on this list. Super Mario Land will be separate. New Super Mario? Mm-hmm. Thank you for pulling up <laughs> those images again of Jim Butcher and Robert Jordan. I really wanted to see those I've again. been in the Discord this entire time. I just... And it's, they've just been staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, nothing. I have nothing to say about that. Number six, the Curse of <sighs> Monkey Island. Monkey Island three. I, 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 a little piece of me was like, what about an adventure game? But Monkey Island three. 
I don't. I. I booted up one of these once and didn't care for it at all, so I have no, I have no opinion of Monkey Island. Yeah, I feel like that whole like the- glut of games is kind of lost on me. I, I missed the boat. I like the first one quite a bit. Uh, that's uh, the only one I've played. The, playing the first Monkey Island was a really interesting experience for me because I was maybe 12 or 13 years old, and um, those f- new remakes of them came out and they had these like nightmare, like awful voice acting. Oh, the awful the, graphics, the remasters. The remasters. That's what I have on Steam. Yeah, like they have awful voice acting, awful music, awful art. Just cannot look at that art, you know. Um, and then if you just press like F twelve or something, it switches over to the old version. I was like, oh, this is really great. I like this old version <laughs> a lot. And that was the first like that was the first time I realized. Oh, maybe old games look prettier than new games. <laughs> oh yeah, sometimes they sometimes they really really do. <laughs> sometimes they do. Games like this, like this type of adventure game are like visual novels for me. They're occupy the same space in that yeah, there's probably a lot of cool ones like this. Can't fucking play them. Hurts my wrist. Mm-hmm. I just sit there at the computer in the same position too long and my fucking wrist goes nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I can't I just can't handle it. Like other things, like you know, a, f- a first-person shooter on PC, I'm much more able to do because I'm like moving more. I guess mm-hmm. I don't really know why the like static games hurt me more than the the more movement-heavy games. But just sitting there clicking fucking ruins me. I f- I feel I you there. Yeah the the closest I've gotten to like anything like deep in that genre is honestly just the Phoenix Wright games. Mm, mm-hmm. Phoenix Wright games are really fun and good. Except when they get really weird and horny for a nine-year-old. <laughs> that is weird. That is the thing that they do a lot. Like, a lot. It's a like, lot. you just kind of... Oh, yeah, Phoenix Wright's great. And then you remember, and you're like, oh, asterisk. Like, huge <laughs> asterisk. <laughs> um... One thing I will read from Brandon's notes here about Monkey Island 3. This is one of the few games I've been able to play with my non-gamer wife. He's got um, an NGW? Or, sorry. He's got an <laughs> NGW. NGW. It worked really well as a co-op game with the two of us trying to talk through problems. Um, That's cute. Who among us does not have an NGW? I don't. Yeah. You have an NGW, I feel like. I play video games. Rewind to when you said The Witcher 1 was mm. a fantastic video game that you loved playing. I feel like... You loved the act of playing The Witcher 1. Yeah, it's You great. thought that manipulating <laughs> the controls of The Witcher 1 was a yeah. palatable experience. They're good. More than that was an enjoyable experience. <laughs> They're great. You're you a gamer. A little... Okay. Your keyboard lights up. You're a gamer. I also I also reinstalled Morrowind and played a couple hours of Morrowind this week because... Oh, so you're a virgin gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Morrowind a lot. I play it for like five hours every year that I stop. I was going to suggest it for Journal Updated, but uh, Molly doesn't like it, so we're just not going to do that. We're probably going to do Oblivion. Ooh, so can I give my Morrowind story? Because Morrowind is a game that is in the consciousness, and I never really played it except for in 15 to 30 minute chunks, which is always me starting a new character at my friend's house when we were young. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I know it's like a legendary game. My memories of it are making a character <laughs> and then opening the console commands at like 
yep. 11 years old or whatever and turning my acrobatics up to 500. Uh, so uh-huh. I move really fast and then I jump. <laughs> And mm-hmm. then I die. Mm-hmm. I would jump. There were mm-hmm. two things that would happen. I would jump so high, I would get caught like above the skybox. Like I would clip through the skybox, and I just get stuck there, and I couldn't come down. Or if I found like the slightly sweeter spot, I would simply launch myself across the map and die upon impact. <laughs> It's almost as if that guy in the first area who, like, falls from the sky is there to warn you, hey, don't open up the console command and set it too high. Me being 11 years old, I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I I want to see the bugs. I bought Morrowind at a church garage sale. It was a Ziploc bag, but it was, like, a weirdly thick Ziploc bag. A Ziploc bag, if manual. you would. A folded up map and the CD case in it. Mm-hmm. And I installed it and didn't really understand it. And I tried to play it a couple more times. I was probably like 12. And I didn't understand why I swing my sword, but it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hit the enemy. I did also did not understand that when I was twelve, but I just I, I powered through it. That game I still great. don't understand it as a design decision. It's a bad design decision. It's a great design decision, actually. I think you'll find <laughs> it's actually great. Are you just trying to be the most insufferable person? I just enjoy the combat in Morrowind. I don't know. Like, I I would need to go back and actually play it in order to like say, but mm-hmm. at a at a distance, it's like it seems like there are some choices you could make that make that less weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are, there are mods you can install that just change how that thing works so that you always hit someone and the stat modifies the damage that you do. Well, sure, in uh, Dungeons and Dragons is whatever you make it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can fit I... anything in the box, but the raccoon might eat part of it. <laughs> yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw that mod and I was like, just go play a different video game if you want to install this mod. Like, <laughs> what if you want to play Morrowind though, and you wanted to have fun? I mean, I feel like it's it's less bad with like the modding communities around games, especially because they're usually working in a framework that is like expanding upon what's actually there instead of trying to mm-hmm. make up what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, but there it's is like every time someone's like, "Oh no, this game's really good if you install these four mods," and I'm like, "Okay, I won't." I, yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like every time I install mods, I get too in the weeds on, like, and, like, my file organizing, like, like OCD, like, hits me, and I can't, like, actually play the game because I get too caught up on installing mods. So, I installed one Elder Scrolls mod in my life. It was when I played Skyrim on PS4, and I downloaded the mod that would let you marry the vampire girl. Hell yeah. I mean, that's a valid, um, Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who among yeah, us has not? A, that should be in the game. <laughs> and then um, when I'm using RPG Maker, there are all these plugins you can get to do all these fancy things, and I haven't touched any of that shit. Mm-hmm. I really am worried to start messing with that shit because I just want to like have the competence to work with this tool to make a thing before I go off getting all this other fancy shit. I bought myself a Game Maker license. I should get back to it because that game is, or Game Maker is really neat. Um, yeah. I made a little Samus that jumps around ooh. and shoots. Jump shoot, man. Lame. But yeah, my <laughs> my thing with mods is also, 
I've never had a good gaming computer. And right now the computer that I use mm. is a MacBook Air from 2013. So it will run yeah. nothing. Yeah. I have used nothing but laptops my entire life, except for the family computer when I was a Same. child. Yeah. I also, um, my thing with Mons is that I've always, I've come in and out of PC games for many, many years. Um, and so when I was 10 years old and playing Morrowind and Mar- modding Morrowind and modding Oblivion, because Oblivion came out when I was 11, and I just felt the tears of time, um, uh, you would just go to Nexus and you would download a zip file and you would extract the zip file into your data uh, or into the, the data files folder in the game. Mm-hmm. And now when you want to install a file, you have to pay Nexus $5 a month for the privilege of downloading files. And then you have to install the Nexus mod manager for the privilege of downloading mods. And then you like, and Nexus specifically is a website that now has a stranglehold on the modding community and one must put money into Nexus's pocket to do anything. And so I don't enjoy modding games anymore from that perspective yeah, who, because capitalism Yeah, exactly. Who among us <laughs> would not call this another grand victory for capitalism? Yeah, no, exactly. To to like create a market and then monopolize that market. <laughs> Um, like, yeah, anyway. what if we democratize this thing? Yes, only until I can monetize it. <laughs> yes, we will We will add democracy, and then we will make money off of it. <laughs> it's like that uh, actually grows legs like a boss. Like, evolution, may I have legs? <laughs> may I have lungs? Or whatever it was. Oh, so you can breathe air? Yes actually grows legs and walks on land like a boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Brandon Sanderson's sixth favorite video game, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's a game I'm um, a little more lukewarm on than most people are. Me too. Uh-huh. It's, it's neat. It's fine. I enjoyed it. It's no Mario. I like its tone. Like, it's a great tone. Yeah. But definitely. you send me off uh, to be a little too like undirected a little too freeform uh yeah and i have adhd and i'm gonna get bored you need to give yeah, me some no, direction that was kinda, i don't believe i have adhd i could but i don't believe that i do and i have a very similar problem with it of just like i wandered for 45 minutes and 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 now i want to play a video game where you just tell me what to do please uh, you know. That thing I was talking about earlier, where in Dishonored, like looking around for something, sometimes makes me feel like I'm like slowly spinning upside down. I get the same thing in like Breath of the Wild when I'm like, oh, what do I do now? I'm like looking around for something. Mm-hmm. There's maybe a shrine around here. I don't know. My body feels like it's crumbling inside now. <laughs> I that fair. <laughs> I was playing it like a year ago, and I looked up like. Here's where the DLC shit is that's scattered throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of interesting. I got like the Phantom Ganon from Ocarina of Time outfit. Mm. Um, I and that was that was kind of fun. But it was like I don't like playing the game because I don't like weapon durability. I don't like that very much at all. And I picked up the DLC and then I started it. And they start with like, here's a cryptic riddle song. 
And I'm like, give me the fucking slop. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so I put it away. Like, if I ever come back to it, I'm just going to pull up a guide and I'm going to be like, I don't want to do this. This isn't the fun part to me. Like, give me the content. I, d- I do think it is a game that I would really enjoy an LP of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really only follow two or three LP channels. Like I Dia. only follow one LP channel. I follow Dia. I follow Run Button. I feel like mm. there's sometimes I dip into Chip and Ironicus. Like if one of oh. them did a good Breath of the Wild uh, LP, I would I would watch that. For sure. But I don't think I have it in me to enjoy that game. Right, and like yeah, even with like the stupid riddle thing, like there are games where I would enjoy that. But Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild just for some reason it doesn't evoke that in me. Yeah, yeah. At the same time... The trailer for that new game looks cool. What? I said the trailer for that new game looks cool, though. I was going to say, like, at the same <laughs> so time, I'm going to happily slop up and play Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> like, it wasn't yeah. a bad game. Like, I, I enjoyed it, I played it, I got no. a fulfilling experience out of it. It just did not blast my shit open in the same way that it seems to have for some other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should I move on to number five? Yeah. Also, Halo 2! Also, um, it says in the description for Zelda, it says, you can play Dark Souls on the Switch. Parentheses, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, I love all the times Ooh. in Brandon Sanderson books where he says, that's foreshadowing. So, let's let's do a, a break here then before we start talking about um, Halo, Halo 2. 2. What Dark Souls game is he gonna... I know which one it is because I thought it was funny which one he picked. The funny thing Um, about Dark Souls is that because of the way Dark Souls works, almost any of them is funny, but I think the least funny one is Dark Souls 1. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm, Dark Souls mm -hmm. 3. I'm going to say Dark Souls 3 as well because Dark Souls 2 is contentious, but again, it's undergoing like a critical reevaluation. It depends on who you ask. Um, I liked Dark Souls 2. I played it this year. I I liked it a lot. Um, I'm going to say... I heard that they... They made it. They they fixed the the weapon degradation shit in Dark Souls Two, which used to be tied to frame rate. So every frame that your weapon was hitting a wall, it would do damage to the durability. No, which meant that on PC, yeah, when you're running a billion frames per second, your weapons broke all the damn time. But I think they fixed that. I think I they hope fixed so. That. Yeah. Uh... I'm gonna say Dark. I think Dark Souls Three is probably the the bet for the funniest one, mm-hmm. but also it Dark Souls has put itself now in a critical position where literally any answer is funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he won't say the right answer, which is Demon Souls. He's gonna say Kingsfield Two. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna say Elden Ring. Yes, I've played it. Yes. Oh God. I'm friends with Germ. I love. <laughs> That is a good name for him, is Germ. <laughs> he really, he's really been acting like a Germ lately. He's, we all saw the thing about Germ. Germ's uh, hell in his cabin? fucking mountain cabin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought the, you meant the racism thing. What racism thing? Where he like, said he was like disrespectful at some. Like, like the Nebulas or the Hugos? The literary magazine or something. I don't remember exactly, but it was like a. A magazine or a or a or a collection of works mm-hmm. or something like that primarily or maybe exclusively featuring like black authors 
and I think he like mispronounced the title of it Ooh. or something, where it was other it was in some way flippant about it and its like stuff in a way that made a lot of people post about it on Twitter, which is the only reason I saw it because I sh- certainly don't seek out germ yeah, news. Same, same. <laughs> um, which is also why I found out about Germ's Hell Cabin. <laughs> Right, with where he has like a, a live-in servant. <laughs> yeah. He calls them minions. Is, I'm sorry. He minions call he calls them. Minions. them. Is, is that <laughs> Is that where that Jeff Gersman photo was taken? <laughs> <laughs> Just picture Germ at a big high uh, like long table with a microwave burrito on a Dixie plate. Oh no. No, that's Can you imagine having to just make Germ a little microwave burrito. <laughs> well, he likes it when you stop it when there's 40 seconds left on the clock and sprinkle some shredded cheese on top of it and then make it mm, go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my that's my own little pro tip from when I used to eat microwave oh, yeah. burritos, but they stopped making the ones that I, I mean, like. Yeah, nothing, nothing against microwave burritos. <laughs> but having to make one for Gurm is... Yeah, like... no, nobody wants to make Gurm's burrito. <laughs> And he definitely my f- the the worst thing about that is probably when in his description Germ's like, and you don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I don't know if I tweeted about this on Main. Molly got me a, a mug that says "Don't at me until I've had my coffee," and it is now my most prized possession. Mm. Other Even than my- more than all the mugs that I bought her. Yes. Your wifey mug that you bought me is more treasured. Or equally treasured. Sorry, Molly. <laughs> wow. Um, You want to talk about Halo 2? Yeah, let's talk about Halo 2. Jackson and M were playing Halo 2 yesterday. It sounds good. I've yeah. never played Halo 2. Never played Halo 2. I've only played Combat Evolved. and uh, That's Halo, Combat Evolved. I played Combat Evolved, I played Firefight and ODST, and I played a bunch of Reach multiplayer. It's still guns, so I guess it didn't evolve that much. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're laser guns, though. That's just gun with extra bits. Sometimes they're bazooka. Ooh. That's already that's real. Sometimes they're car with gun. We have that. It's called tank. What about plane with gun? Do we have that? Yeah. <laughs> we have that. <laughs> also, I... I can't There's... lie. The second you said ODST, my brain started tuning everything out. So I'm like, hold on. I got to come up with a good... What's a good acronym for o- ODST? And the best I've got is old <laughs> dick-sucking tower. <laughs> uh, I, I managed to kind of miss the boat on Halo. I had an Xbox for a brief period of time, and I only really played Halo. Or not Halo. i talking about how I didn't play Halo. I played Fable on it. Um... Uh, Oi, chicken chaser. chaser. (laughs) Your health is low. Do you have any potions? (laughs) Try to get your combat multiplier even higher. I I missed I missed Fable, but because I was I I didn't have an Xbox at that moment that Fable was hot. I had a PC, so I was playing Black and White and Black and White Two, which are terrible. I got Black and White Two, and it was back in the day. Like I lived. so I live in San Diego County, and I've lived in San Diego County for most of my life, except for when I lived in New Zealand. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I live in an unincorporated part of San Diego County. I basically live, I used to live on the Mexican border, more or less. Uh, so everything oh. was like an hour away. And we bought Black and White mm-hmm. 2. And then it turns out that it didn't run on our computer. And because we were an no. hour away from everything, usually what that means is we try to install it, it doesn't work, or it'll go for five minutes and then crash. And we're just out that money because nobody is going to drive, like no one wants to spend the gas money to drive down the hill. And um, exchange right, this and thing. Get a like refund, it's just we're or... fucked. We're we're done. Um, mm-hmm. I had a big monkey, and then <laughs> the game died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna play Fable at some point for Journal. Also, good. I'm, I'm uh... they're they're remaking or making a new one. Mm-hmm. I hope they're remaking Fable 1. That feels like the better choice to me, but I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it's weird the way that like... it went, like it underwent franchisification, which is to say only mm-hmm. partially before it like receded back into itself. I was just going to make a joke about Molyneux, and I don't remember the real Molyneux's name. I only remember Internet Man Molyneux. It's Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux. Yeah. Okay. I was like, it's not Stefan Molyneux. That's the other guy. That's the other bald guy. Yeah, the other weird bald man. Um, what a strange man. I, I Fable? genuinely want them yeah. to commit to the Molyneux cycle for Fable. New Fable. It's the only way to give us the authentic <laughs> experience. I it will run on your PC. <laughs> <laughs> Fable is such a weird franchise to me because, like, during the Xbox 360 era, it felt like everybody's favorite RPG, and then just, like, it stopped coming out. They stopped making Fable games, and Witcher and Skyrim just kind of now occupy the space that Fable occupies, and no one talks about Fable in 2020. It's super weird, because there was that spin-off there was a connect spin-off there was that connect game yeah and then they were gonna make like a tower def- like an asymmetrical tower defense game or something and then that sounds kind of neat i like tower defense games and then everyone was just like oh i guess we're not doing that and it just feels like with so much el- else with xbox it kind of died mm-hmm. in the shadow of the connect because the connect just didn't take off uh, except for yeah. the one good game that was ever produced for that, Star Wars Connect. Of course. Star Wars Connect, of course. I'm Han Solo. I'm Han Solo. I'm Solo. I'm Han Solo. <laughs> we, we so Halo there. 2. I've got um, nothing yeah, about Halo, Halo 2. 2. Interstitial yeah. the uh, fight. Um, <laughs> he's got a lot to say about Halo 2. And then number four, Final Fantasy. Number, number three. three, he skipped four. You went straight from five to three. Brandon can't count. Oh, shit. Brandon. That bode well for Rhythms of War. Brandon. <laughs> so three, Final Fantasy X. We kind of talked about this earlier. The Rhythm of War is actually Stormlight 5. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, five, three, seven. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> we watched that movie. We liked that movie. Yeah, that for the most part, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is still a funny movie. So yep. I actually tried to watch that recently with my fiance Joe, and we at, we couldn't actually get through the opening crawl. Like the jokes that they were dropping in the opening crawl, like the subtitle jokes, we were mm-hmm. just like, 
Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think it was also random? No, no, it was bad. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, John Cleese is a fucking twat. Like, fuck all of this. Never mind. Yeah, that is That's true. fair. I'm sure that if we pushed um, on, we would have found things of value. Like, but we just couldn't do it. We couldn't push through. I've I've been watching um, a lot of Cracking the Cryptic, the Sudoku YouTube channel. Um, and now, just plaguing me every day in my YouTuber recommendations is this Faulty Tower Sudoku puzzle they did. And the thumbnail has a picture of um, uh, John Cleese in it. And so I just see him staring at me every day, and I hate no. him. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Final Fantasy X. It's a really good game. I don't know. I, I'm seeing if he said anything of note in here 10 is my favorite final fantasy for a couple of reasons world building was among the strongest i really connected with the characters um this is one of the ff games without an angst-filled teen as the protagonist instead it has a kind of stable happy-go-lucky jock uh, there's one thing i I know about titus is that stable stable incredibly stable and happy you ever think about that laughter scene which is about how stable and happy he is (laughs) <laughs> and not yeah, about how that's um, one of the best empty scenes in all of and everything he yeah. does is putting on a performance like everyone else in the game like it's one of the fucking themes of the game is the performances uh-huh, that you put uh-huh, on uh-huh no he's a normal boy uh-huh. he's just a normal boy i have not i have not played all of final fantasy 10 because i got to i played it when i was 14 maybe and i got to a boss fight that i got really stuck on um but like I got to the the laughing scene, which is really the heart of the game. Like the whole game kind of pivots on that scene. I feel like, and uh, it's not really about how he's stable and happy go lucky. No, no, it's not. Like it's that scene, <laughs> and, and then the scene in like the pool with the fireflies. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the scene with the pool and the fireflies is right before the pyreflies. boss fight that I got stuck on. <laughs> They're fireflies. I'm people. sorry, fireflies. If ten million fireflies. Um, Lit up before your eyes. I forgot the lyrics to that song, <laughs> Owl City. I uh, lit up the world as I fell asleep. Who knows? Anyway, that um, <laughs> I'm backing out of he this. He says <laughs> he says that ten is what he considers to be the perfect Final Fantasy game. Though he's lost the patience for turn-based battle as he gets older, mm. which is I'm just hit the fast. I'm just thinking about right normal happy-go-lucky protagonists, and it's like. Honestly, Zidane is more that. Like, Zidane yeah, manages probably. that. Like, sure, he's a weird Saiyan. Basically, he's a Saiyan. Uh, <laughs> but like most Saiyans, Barts. he's just a good, happy-go-lucky little guy. I also wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Sanderson had number had Final Fantasy Nine on on his like was like his second favorite Final Fantasy. I want to know what he thinks of Ten Two. Mm, that's I, a. I mean, Bart's is the other Final Fantasy protagonist. That's like a funny little guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I actually I didn't beat Ten either. I got to the final boss. I bought the remastered version, and I got up to the final mm-hmm. boss, and like, Mega Jacked was just the <laughs> the bump there was big, and I'm like, I don't want to grind. Uh, so I just started playing Final Fantasy Ten Two, and then I had Final Fantasy Ten myself out. So despite the fact that Ten Two is a really mm. good game, I was just like, I need to come back to this when I'm less Final Fantasy tend out. Yeah, and then I and Ten Two is a significantly shorter game, but it's still like 25 hours, mm-hmm. I think. So that makes a lot yeah. of sense. So it's it's on my list of things to come back to. 
Number two. I'm just looking to see if there's anything in the Halo 2 section that explains why there's no number four. Anyway, number two is Bloodborne. BB! See? As I am a fan of cosmic horror, Bloodborne is probably my favorite overall. <laughs> Brandon would be into cosmic horror, wouldn't he? He would be. Yep. You think he owns a fancy, like, uh, Lovecraft collection oh, book yeah. in his office? Oh, yeah. I'm rolling my eyes very hard. Um, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bloodborne's a Bloodborne's a fine game. I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a <laughs> fun time. Even Dark Souls 2, which I really like, despite its reputation in the fandom. I've been following from software games since Kingsfield, and Demon's Souls was a huge triumph. Um, uh, he, so he likes Demon's Souls, and he likes Kingsfield. So Brandon is valid, um, and he likes the best Dark Souls game best, so he's valid. Yeah. Uh, I like Bloodborne a lot. Uh, I'm still pissed off that I couldn't beat that last boss. <laughs> and I I started a new game plus at one point, and then I got to the snakes in the forest, and they were just destroying me on yeah. new game plus. And then I just yeah. kind of quietly put it away for a, for a bit, and then I haven't picked it up since. But I I beat it, so you know, like I, so I'm a real gamer. Don't 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 go away, please, please. <laughs> Brandon just becomes every Dark Souls poster here. I'm a fan of hard games, but I like hard games that are what I consider fair. Oh for example, I don't love those impossible fan-made Mario levels or many of the super crazy bullet hell games. Dark Souls is a different kind of hard. Brandon. Difficult like a stern instructor, mm-hmm. expecting you to learn, but giving you the tools to do so. It presents a challenge rather than just being hard to be hard. Dark Souls is like a stern but caring dom. <laughs> Letting you know firmly and a bit aggressively when you disappoint her, but always making sure you get what you need in the end. You can pick up what you've dropped. Um, yeah, there's just no number four on this list. If I have a problem with Final Fantasy, it's that the games sometimes feel like the gameplay is an afterthought to telling the story, but in the Souls game, story and the gameplay are intermixed in a way I'd never seen done before. You have to construct the story like an archaeologist, using dialogue and lore from descriptions of in-game objects. I find this fascinating. That's hardly even the mechanics, though. Like, Uh that's that's just a different kind of reading that you do. This is... This is just what Brandon does with the chapter headings of every book that he writes. Ah. <laughs> and then he puts he puts snippets of in-universe lore and item descriptions at the start of every chapter. Uh, anyway, in number fact, one. this series would be number one, except for the little fact that I have way too much time on Steam Logged playing... Crusader Kings 2. Civilization six. six. He picked the wrong civilization. Oh I forgot. I, I can't believe. I was like, okay, it's gonna be Civilization or Crusader Kings, and he he went for Civ. I oh, I forgot that he went for Civ, and he picked the wrong Civ game. <sighs> Civilization's a game for me. I played maybe fifteen hours of Civ six, and I enjoyed it, but it was. A game that I'm like, I need like an actual computer setup to play this because it's not going to go well on console, even though they ported it to console. And I just played it on Joe's laptop and laptops Mm -hmm. get hot when game you play on them. Yes. (laughs) 
make make my hand. So burn. here's the thing about Civ Five and Six for me. I have not played the previous games in the series. I've tried to go back to four. Every strategy nerd is wrong. Four is overrated. Um, I mean, he says here, a lot of people consider four to be the pinnacle of the series, but after five unstacked units and six unstacked cities, I'm sure that makes sense if you played Civilization. There's no way I could ever go back. So the thing about five is that um, it it is a clicker game, and people don't want to admit that, but it is a clicker because what you do is you build your four cities and you just like decide what you're going to produce in your four cities and you just click next turn a bunch and you don't think and you just decide before you start playing that like oh i'm going for a science victory this time so i will build science cities and you just click and nothing much happens of consequence and that's fine and and civ 6 ruins this by still having this quality but asking you to make more decisions but the decisions you're making are not interesting enough for it to actually become a strategy game i think um that's and so definitely part of the thing with civ 6 for me is that i it takes so long for like the strategic field to become clear that when I'm playing my first game of Civilization, and then 15 hours later, I realize, oh, I can't win now. Like, I, I can't win at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shit. Because you're just behind, you're behind in the arms race, you're behind in the technology race. You and, know. like, nothing signposts that to you early in the game. You're like, I'm just going to try to pursue the technology, or, like, you know, I'm going to input these... Uh, like civic decisions and then you're like why is uh peter in russia just like kicking my ass right now i don't understand right we have a runners up section Ooh, runners up which is good because he never put a number four yeah so we'll, we'll just pick something here <gasps> elder scrolls morrowind being my favorite <laughs> and then right under that mass effect I've only played the first game, which I know is heresy, but it was very good, and I hear the second is better. I'm waiting for a remaster to try it. I c- it couldn't make the list, I felt, without playing more of the series. Mm, okay. Mass Effect. Under that, it says Bioshock Infinite. There we go. This was a very impressive mix of gunplay, philosophy, and world building <laughs> with an excellent ending, but I can't justify it on the top ten since I haven't played the other games in the series. I tried the first one, and it didn't click for me despite the brilliant world building. So he's only played Infinite. Weird. Okay. And he thinks it's an excellent mix of gunplay, philosophy, and world building. I'm sorry, like, <laughs> that that clip, that tag, an excellent mix of gunplay, philosophy, and world building is like just, it's so cursed and you could put it on any box. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put a Sanderson quote on the re-release of Bioshock Infinite in two years. God, they are making another Bioshock uh, game, aren't they? I think so, right? Supposedly they're making a System Shock? I don't think that's true, They're making, though. like, yeah. I, I mean, it's all clouded in mystery, um, which is fine, in my opinion. Difficult to see the future is. In my opinion, I think that most video game companies would... Uh, I think that the video game fandom, at least, would be better off if they mostly announced games like 
less than a year before they released. But I think so too. Um, I also understand the way that like this. I mean, I'm not I'm not a stock market understander. I understand in very vague <laughs> terms like the way that like immediate profits are super important, and so you always have to be announcing something. And so you wind up with these mm-hmm. like super long like four to six year cycles where you announce something before it comes out, but um, sometimes before you even really start. Yes, it. and so it has made gamers see also Beyond Good and Evil two getting announced four times now or whatever. Like Elder Scrolls six. Yeah. Oh, right, and like Dragon um, Age, the new Dragon Age game just keeps getting concept art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just. Which, it's very easy to produce concept art. Not that, like, it's easy to draw things, but that, like, if you have professional artists at your studio, it is very easy to say, hey, I want you to take two weeks and do some concept art for Dragon Age 2, um, or Dragon Age 4, whatever. Like, that is a very different... We just need an elf and a Kunari. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> you don't even really... You This does not have to appear in the game. You're not... You don't even worry about it that much. We just need an image right. to no, present it's like, to the Right, no, it's like, it's a tone piece, and I want some, like, red in there. Exactly. Uh, next up... Doom! Uh, apparently, Brandon beat Doom 2 with only the chainsaw, which sounds kind of fun. That's, uh, yeah, that's one of those games that I just need to play i heard hear great things about it yeah. everybody loves doom same it's good it's it's a great game it's a great trilogy of games doom exists as a trilogy of video games there are three yeah, of them doom, that you can play. doom 2 and doom 64 yeah. uh-huh <laughs> i was gonna say doom 3 but i have i have only played doom 2016 mm. <laughs> which is a game that i like but should not be 30 hours. It has no right to be 30 and hours. I, I missed the the boat on that one as well. I almost picked it up. Like, every time I see it on sale, I'm like, maybe I should do this, because I hear it's, like, really good. And then I'm like, well, I played the Wolfenstein games, and I really, like, I, I've enjoyed those well enough, like, the new Wolfensteins, but um, mm-hmm. I just don't like shooters that much. So, I'm kind of in the same boat. I like Doom specifically, um for being doom uh, but i wouldn't i don't like any of the other like kind of like doom games quake yeah mm-hmm. i apologize if there's pounding never coming through quake. i think my upstairs neighbor is just going apeshit with a jackhammer oh. <laughs> I, I am also fidgeting with the with the case on my kindle fire which i just noticed Nora is confiscating my kindle um we have a bunch of other things on this list that I feel like are all very Brandon core. Symphony of the Night. Of course. Uh-huh. The Witcher, specifically three. Yeah. Um, it's a good game. Shadow of the Colossus. Sure. I, w- I will someday play The Witcher 3. It looks neat. Uh, I played two hours of it and was like, well, I have to play the first two games first, I think. Um, which is not what that game asks it's of not. you, but it is what I ask of myself. <laughs> Witcher 3 has the same tutorial as Dishonored 2, which is mm. dad teaches cool daughter how to do cool acrobatics. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus is next. Um, One but... of the most original games I've ever played with co- compelling minimalist storytelling, but I've played it once, so it was excluded from the top 10. I've only played it once. Right, so you put it on this list because you know people expect and this. like Yeah, because I think he's talked in interviews about Shadow of the Colossus. Here's the thing. X-wing. I understand why Brandon might have that criteria, 
of like, I need to have played this multiple mm-hmm. times. I think some games you just only play once. I think that's fine I, and good. I tried to replay Shadow of the Colossus in sometime in the last 12 months, I think. Like, um, Shadow of the Colossus is a tremendously important game to me. I love it a lot. Um, you When you replay it, it's just not quite, quite the same thing. Fuck that water guy. Yeah, fuck that water guy. Like, I don't know. Like, I was looking up walkthroughs to, um, like, figure out how to beat the bosses, and... If I've beaten the bosses before and I still have to look up a walkthrough, well, I'm not getting as much out of the boss fights as I want, and I know the story because there's only, like, three things that happen. Right. <laughs> you know? That water guy is much cooler in Twilight Princess um, as a boss fight. So, yeah, I think Shadow of the Colossus is a neat game that I only need to play once in my life. It's one of my favorite games. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next up is X-Wing. Um, I thought TIE Fighter was the beloved one of these games. They're both the same yeah. theme, I think. I just thought people liked TIE Fighter. Yeah. TIE Fighter. Well, we're getting a new one. We're, we're getting, getting a new, a new one. Game oh, like, we? not X-Wing, but like we're getting the new Star Wars ship yeah. sim. Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should read those X-Wing books. Yeah. With Weed Lord. Ooh, yeah. There's um, a horse. There's a horse. Um, oh right there's a horse <laughs> i was like what the fuck are they talking about next up the funniest thing on this list maybe because it's a game about nothing it's totally pointless there's no point to this game uh it's brave Oh, <laughs> 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 well, he wrote this list Another recently beautiful. right Fuck! This was like a month ago. <laughs> I'm imagining Brandon writing this list, uh, and it's just him, but it's also John Blow in the in the dark in the room. dark room. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan um, Blow is Brandon's bonded spren. <laughs> just a little. Another beautiful piece of work. One of the greatest arguments for games is art. I've ever. You <laughs> can't. I've only played it once, and I'm not enough of a platformer fanatic to do it again. Jesus Braid made games art. (laughs) You jump off, or then you go, whoop! (laughs) (laughs) The last entry on this list is the most interesting to me. Ease. Books 1 and 2. Ease, huh? It's the game that's spelled Y-S. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played Ease 8, actually, during the quarantine. Oh! Uh, because I've been looking for those cheap ass games when they go on sale, uh, uh-huh, especially because uh-huh. now I'm uh, unemployed. But that wasn't true. I was just trying to make quarantine life work. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I didn't leave the house that much before quarantine. I just went to go to school and work. Same, um, same. I, but um. anyway, yeah, East Eight. I enjoyed it. It was like it was solid. It was like ah, what a nice RPG. This is fun. I like I six out of ten games. I don't think it was a six out of ten yeah. game. Like I genuinely love six out of ten games. Shout outs to Code Vein. Um, what the? <laughs> Nora's like ten out of ten. Code Fuck Vein, you. Twelve out of twelve. Code Vein was really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, I also mm-hmm. I went apeshit when like DBZ Kakarot came out. I'm like I'm gonna play this game to a hundred percent for some fucking reason. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because uh-huh. I just like a six out of ten game. Um, and East 
Remember in Code Vein when that action scene starts and they start playing a a J Rock song that just starts with Yeah, yeah. and then it has a fight scene but not a boss mm-hmm. fight. Like you don't fight that character, you just watch all your characters fight him in mm-hmm. a cutscene. That shit owned. Yeah. Um I know M is very fond of all the East games because like they are just kind of like Oh, these are just nice little JRPGs, and I will play this for hours, and then it will be done. Brandon yeah. says that it's like a Zelda game mixed with an RPG, and that's got my uh, Final Fantasy Adventure senses tingling. I don't know if that's you know mm-hmm. if they're anything like mana games, but um, maybe I have it set like my path is set. Once I finish playing the mana games, I'm gonna play the Saga games. Um, I'll also read because we made some predictions that show up here. Um, um, oh, okay. He doesn't like stealth games. So why didn't your favorite game make my list? Well, again, this isn't a greatest of all time list. It's things that I love. Um, my biases have a lot to do with what I picked. I don't play multiplayer games. So most Blizzard or Team Arena FPS, um, uh, I've enjoyed, but not gotten into, um, Though Diablo 2 almost made the list, which doesn't surprise me a ton. There's another category of games I got into at the wrong time, missing them during the formative years when they really grabbed other people. Pokemon, Minecraft, Half-Life, Chrono Trigger, Planescape Torment. Mm. Um, Some games just have the wrong mechanics for me to love. I don't love stealth games, so while I played Deus Ex and the Batman Arkham games, I don't love them like I love the games on this list, though I admit they're really well put together. Um. Also, he says that he doesn't love A Song of Ice and Fire, despite admitting to it that it, it, it's extremely well written because of Daenerys' plot in the first book. Yeah. I, I am not surprised that uh, Brandon, uh, the Mormon-ass Mormon, does not love Danny's plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've chosen, for example, not to play God of War, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, or Last of Us because they're too dark. <laughs> Really? And and there are others like Shadow of Mordor that left me with too much of a dark feeling to keep playing. Why did you play the the Dark Souls games then? I Yeah, for real. <laughs> I really enjoy You might think that I like darker violent aesthetics from Doom and Dark Souls, but I really enjoy a game that can be cartoonish and fun about it or a game that is careful about it, but many games are just too dark for me. Okay. Go off, King. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's Brandon Sanderson's top ten uh, video games, and then we have, we have uh, I guess preview chapter of Rhythms of War. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's did not know that this was like a preview chapter. Yeah. Anyway, Brandon, Gamer King, come on, export audio. <laughs> Listen, come on, ours Arcanum. We promise we won't be too mean about your love of imperialism when you're in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> we won't yell at you too loudly about the way you write autistic people. We'll yell at you a little bit about the way you a write autistic. Bit. We won't We're scream. Gonna, yeah, we won't scream. We'll be very nice to you while we ask, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> We're at two hours. Yeah, we've just been going yeah. off. It felt like one. <laughs> I will go eat that other half of my sandwich when we get done here. Should we, should we wrap it up? I should have then? asked you to get me a milkshake at the Snarf. They have milkshakes at Snarf's? Yeah, they're pretty good. 
What if I went back to Snarps and got us milkshakes? I'd be, I'd be down Ooh, with that. Yeah, I gotta I figure out my own lunch. And there's, there's other things that I like. I put in the chat to talk about. We've been going for two hours, and none of it's important. Like, I could talk about how yeah, Final was, Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is the Dark Souls of Final Fantasy. Uh, we'll get you on again sometime soon because I'm probably gonna buy that Crystal Chronicles remaster. Good, I'm. Or just play it on Dolphin. I don't know. I'm one of them. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, it's it's very changed from the original version in terms of like the multiplayer. Oh. The multiplayer is really weird and different. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they kept the multiplayer in this re-release. They, like that is still present. I feel like it um, wouldn't be Crystal Chronicles in a, in a sense. Multiplayer. <laughs> in a sense, it's only online, and you don't share progress or a caravan. Oh, I am gonna um. We'd also briefly talked about maybe discussing Blaseball on this episode, which we blessedly oh, yeah. did not do. I mean, I want to talk about Blaseball with someone, but like, I think Nora would just not pay attention for 20 minutes. Um, Fair enough, yeah. I mean, I, I did that in this episode a couple times, so. I'm checking in on the playoffs. So am I. All I'm saying is you have a sports podcast. I tried to talk about baseball and Regs didn't want to talk about it. Um, well, then that's their. Problem. I feel like the Tigers are on their way to back-to-back championships. <sighs> I now. hope not, but um, they lost Jessica Telephone, and they're, they're still. still I'm, I'm hoping that the um, the Mills take it somehow. It's not going to happen. I guess but I'm... I kind of hope. I guess I'm pulling for the firefighters just because, like, they're closest to where I am mm-hmm. at. Um, but I don't really know. I don't really know who uh, is on the firefighters, and I feel like, um, oh, they've got Joshua Butt, nice. which is all right. Um, they are division rivals of ours, so mm. maybe I won't pull for the firefighters. Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I backed the moist talkers, and they went up against mm. the tigers at the top of this, and I was like, ah, well. It was it was yeah. nice knowing, yeah. I assume that Jessica Telephone is to a telephone what Jessica Rabbit is to a rabbit. I don't know That's, what you mean by that. I is when I hear Jessica Telephone, my brain says sexy cartoon lady themed after a telephone. I mean, I think she is a sexy cartoon lady, but only because fan art is the way that it is. Yeah. I don't know. Let's let's. I mean, that's yeah. that's art of Jessica Telephone on her Twitter. And look, the the bat has a telephone yeah, cable. Yeah. Oh, it does. That's and cute. hey, the lore is all fake. The the thing about Blaseball is that <clears throat> I really enjoy just throughout my day keeping tabs on like the fun little internet baseball thing that's happening. I enjoy baseball as a game, and I watch. I enjoy watching, like, you know, I'm going to pick a random player here. Tamara Cranket uh, steals second. I just watch, like, mm-hmm. in seeing that on my screen. Yes. I don't care about, like, the lore or the fandom or being in the Discord. I can't do Discords in I... general. Discords uh, overwhelm me. <laughs> I get, I get yeah. overwhelmed really quickly, but... The, the little brush-ups I've had with the fandom have just been, like, really weird and, like, not very good. It's mm-hmm. it's a strange place that I don't like very much. Fandom's been on one lately. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about She-Ra. 
I'm no. kidding. I wouldn't do that. Uh, I feel so fucking vindicated that when something happens and you're like, oh, I didn't hear about that. And then you realize you've had it muted for like three years. <laughs> Solid move. It's like, I I will never hear JoJo's Bizarre Adventure news because JoJo's was like the first thing I muted when I joined Twitter. <laughs> That's a solid move. I uh, like JoJo fine. It's not worth it. I I should probably mute yeah. it. It's not worth <laughs> Like the pro- the other thing is that you can't mute JoJo character names because then you'll never hear anyone talk about pasta. Right. <laughs> or music. Or music, yes. But Yeah, I mean I gotta I gotta sort out my own lunch. So yeah, okay. I can come back. Uh, if you want to talk about Crystal Chronicles, I'd be down to talk about that. I mean, right now I'm unemployed. Yeah. The summer heat might finally be passing so I can actually record podcasts again. I've <laughs> taken a hiatus from my regular podcasts <laughs> because it's literally too hot to record. I don't have an air conditioner, and um, Ooh, it gets to be like yeah. 90 plus degrees, and it'll it'll kill you. Um, well, where could people find yeah, you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at... M-O-N-K-I-P-I-Q-U-I-N-N. That is pronounced Monkey Pie Quinn. You can also find me running an actual play that is on hiatus right now on account of the heat and some other uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, It's called Arms of the Tide. It's like... What if you took Final Fantasy VII or VIII uh, and then you made it even weirder... Mm -hmm. And you were just really explicitly anti-capitalist about it. Um, uh, it's a it's a good show, IMO. You should listen to it. And uh, that's that's mostly it. I'm on Twitter. I I post. I'm a poster. None of my good posts. You sure you hate, fucking none are. None of my good posts. <laughs> take you sure off. are a poster. I only have like I say something snarky about D and D and it gets a thousand likes, but then I lay out strong evidence for why Piccolo probably smells like cum, and I get nothing. <laughs> um, I'm gonna quickly do my plugs because I need to poop. Um, you find yeah, you should be, you should plug up so you don't poop. <laughs> You could find me on Twitter at uh, autumnal underscore coffee. Um, I do this podcast, obviously. I do And Then an Aeroplane, which you can find um, at enormmapping.com. And I do Hot Singles, which will uh, be back soon with two country albums. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash export audio. It's time for me to poop. <laughs> That's a <sign> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, You can follow me. On Twitter at neither Nora, you can find my stuff at noraplake.online. Uh we've plugged all my other stuff, I think, on this podcast. Uh, Journal updated, you can find at the Abnormal Mapping uh podcast network at abnormalmapping.com. Um with by the time you hear this, our dishonored episode will have been recorded and out, so um you can uh play along with us on Mass Effect 3. Or if you're listening to this even later, uh, Dishonored Death of the Outsider, uh, you know, send us an email or something about that or a Twitter DM. Um, But I guess I'm in charge of doing the sign off because Autumn's indisposed. Um, I mean, I could I can throw something out there for you if you want. Okay, yeah. All right. Everyone out there listening to the show, please remember to give your 
NGW a big old kiss and tell him it was from Quinn. Your, your non-gamer wife. That's right. Everyone, kiss your wives for Quinn. Yeah. Wife kisses for Quinn. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.